This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things like Mike Swick, my friend, photographer... Actually, I'll let you do the introduction. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, my name is Mike Swick. I'm a photographer here in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Um, yeah, lived here now last five years. I'm originally from Ontario. So, yeah, ex-wife brought me out here and, yeah, I've been living here ever since. Okay. Nice. Five years. Five years this past December, so. Huh. Yeah. How has it been the past five years for you? Up and down. Well, obviously going through a divorce. So, that was a big part. Came here married. Left here do- I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I mean, I should have laughed, but... Hey, it is all good, you know? Three years in, three years in, and yeah, we, uh, we've we parted ways, but you know what? It's it's all good, so mm. yeah, we're still friends. We got a daughter just turned 18 uh, a few weeks ago, so yeah, yeah, it's all good. Oh, okay. Is she, she here in the city? Your yeah, daughter? yeah. Lives literally two minutes away. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're close. She comes and goes when she wants. Nice. She's got a room at my place, rooms at her mom's, so, yeah, we never, uh, we're one of those parents where like, oh, you need to go to your mom and dad's this weekend, no, you can come and go whenever you want, you're 16 when we divorce, so, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. Uh, okay, so she studies here in the city, or? Yeah, so she's just finishing up high school, and then ready to just go to university in September, which is, mm. yeah, it's like, where the hell did that time go? <laughs> like, literally, 18 years, I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah this went Um, fast. how? So, well, most people know you from your photography, especially on Instagram, but you just started a new um, profile like two weeks now. Correct, yes. And it just blew up. I mean, obviously, but... Yeah, I'm trying to separate. So my initial profile was kind of like everything, but I want to segregate just my boudoir work. Mm. So I've been, last six months to about a year, I've been concentrating strictly on boudoir, so intimate uh, photography, empowering women. Mm. Um, So I kind of wanted to break that apart and have its own entity. Uh, So it is... Basically a pain in the ass right now, starting fresh on Instagram. Yeah, well, so. like, I mean, it's been maybe a week now, yeah. and the trajectories actually... It's going up, yeah. yeah. But, you know, to going from almost 4,000 followers on your initial profile, and mm. now, like, only several hundred, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so going to liking having all those, you know, I hate how we now have to, like, look for likes and mm. comments, but... You know, it's the day and age that we're living in. It is initially, you know, that's what we have to strive for from a business perspective. You know, that's how we get our content out there. Mm. Um, You know, yeah, we can pay for it, but, you know, I like my stuff organic, you know, so I don't want to have to pay for followers and that kind of stuff. So I'll do the old fashioned way. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit harder, a little bit longer, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's. Is real people, not a robot that's liking my stuff. Quality. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Because, I mean, you can have 10,000 people and have two likes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is not what I'm looking for. Yeah, and you want that engagement. You want to create that relationship between you and the people that actually follow the page. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to do now with the new page is, is strictly just be straight intimate and boudoir work right mm. and the other page i'm still going to keep obviously i'm not going to lose you know four thousand plus followers because, yeah. you know but if that page i want to go ahead and put a photo of you know me and my daughter uh, whatever i don't have to like you know half naked woman half naked woman and then picture of me and my daughter <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> 
just does not go. <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Initially, that's yeah. reasonable. <laughs> now, when I look at it, it's like, ah, uh, you know, like from a business standpoint, it makes more sense too. Yeah, because yeah, I want to have everything exactly the same. It's organic. Mm. It's on its own, right? The other ones, and I don't want to lock that one down too, because it's like, you know, it is still technically an open account. But you know, that one I will kind of just do, you know portraits i will throw a couple you know family stuff in there some landscape stuff but this one the new one will be strictly just all intimate and boudoir work so mm. yeah so i'm kind of moving telling everyone kind of come over to that page like that one share so it's been a slow steady process but it's i gotta start from scratch again mm. but i remember talking and it coming out that you just picked up the camera just thought you know literally relatively the other day it's not something you've been doing forever, right? No, no. I've been off and on. I started, what, it'd be almost 10 years now that mm. I've been doing it. Um, but it wasn't really until I actually moved out here that I got into portrait work. Mm. Uh, the rest of the stuff was, you know, still life, landscape stuff, you know, family stuff. But, you know, coming out here to Nova Scotia really pushed me to, you know, work on my portraits. Um, I'm not professionally trained. I'm like, I pick it up and I will look at my image. I will rip it apart. Mm. I'm my own worst critic. So I know what, when I screwed up, I mm. know what I did wrong. But then that takes me to the next stage. Of like, I will learn from that. So that's basically what I want to do is I'm self-taught. So mm -hmm. I have to learn from my own mistakes. And mm. yeah, or someone else is going to tell me is like, you know what? This is a shit photo. Like, what did you do? I'm like, tell me why is it shit? Like, mm. give me your advice. And mm. then... I'll look at it, analyze it, and be like, okay, I understand now. You know, I see where you're coming from. Because I have to disassociate myself from the picture. Because yeah. most people, yeah. they're like, hey, great. I'm like, I love my own photos. Mm. and But I have to look at it from a client's perspective. I have to look at it from, you know, an outsider's perspective. So I can't go in with my eyes of like, oh, it's my photo. I love it. No, mm. I got to look at it and be like, no, this fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I got to tear my own stuff down. I'm like, that was the hard part at the beginning. I'm like, ah, I really like it. But then I understood where, you know, when I talk to, you know, veterans that have been doing it for 20, 30 plus years and they're like, mm. yeah, the lines here don't work. You know, your composition, your lighting. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Mm -hmm. But everything is all self-taught, you know, and I will sit there and listen to people and mm. that's how I pick up and learn things. You know, if I'm in a room with 20 other photographers, I'm not talking. Mm. I'm sitting there watching and I'm listening and I'm note-taking in my head, mm -hmm. like, what they're saying, what they're doing. And, you know, I try to push that in my own work. Yeah. And how was it the first time you actually decided um, you were going to take some boudoir photos? That one kind of just kind of just fell into play here. It was a client, well, it was actually a friend, and that's kind of how we we did it. Um, and I found out that I was actually pretty good at it. And But it's hard coming in as a guy, as a boudoir photographer, mm. because you have so many, I don't want to, I don't say like connotations against you or, you know, roadblocks, but I guess really at the end of the day it is, mm. you know, because most people... You know, they think, okay, great. There's a guy, half naked or naked woman, mm. in a bedroom. <laughs> Something's going to happen? No. 
for me, I am probably the most, you know, professional person when it comes to that. I'm like, no, it's when you walk in that room, mm. it's game on. It's professional. It's like it's business. It's like it's like when I walk into work, I take that outside life, stop that at the door. I'm like, it is it's it's on time now. Mm. So it's like an athlete, right? It's like you step on that field. It's like, no. I may be, you know, you may, you and I may be like friends, but you may be on the offense. I'm on defense. I'm coming mm, for you, mm. right? That's exactly how I take my photography. Mm. And, you know, there are some photographers, you know, whether or not here in town or wherever, mm. that cause a bad name. Yeah. You know, guys. Yeah. And I'm not even going to say just guys. It's girls too, right? Mm. Girls, you know, most people don't talk about girls as, you know, taking advantage of their clients but there are female photographers that take advantage of their clients whether it's a female or a male Mm. it happens but no one likes to talk about oh the female went a little far and was a little bit aggressive and a little bit pushy and touchy oh wow so yeah but you know what at the end of the day i don't look at other people i look at myself that's me it's my ethics i know that i can say without a doubt that i treat every client exactly the same Mm. you know it's like when you come in on set it's it's super professional. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I may see a naked woman in front of me, but I don't see them as a naked woman. I see them just as a human. And I'm like, I look through them. Mm-hmm. I don't look at them. That's the difference that I kind of play with it. Whereas other photographers, hey, great. <laughs> You've never seen a pair of boobs before. I'm like, come on. I'm like, it's, it's boobs. You can open up your cell phone at any given time and look at it. But literally, it's, that's kind of what I do. It's, I look right through you. Yeah. Like, um, case in point, photo back there, you know? Yeah. Wonderful woman, right? But, you know, her and I met actually at a photography conference in PEI in, it was be 20, 2018? Mm. Actually, no, 2017, actually. Yeah, and we became good friends. And literally, she called me up out of the blue. She was in town from New Brunswick, and we just basically met and made some awesome shots. Mm. You know, it's but it's because she had that trust with me that I kind of like developed with her. That hey, that's kind of just how I treat everyone. Mm. Yeah. So, um, what is the average time for one of those shoots? It all varies based off of what the client needs. Like I have packages and whatnot, but if it is say a portfolio building session or something that new that I want to try, it might take a little bit longer mm. only because I'm using this time to perfect it so I can take it to a paid client and use that because I don't want to ever try something brand new on a paid client because they're coming here paying me for a product or service that they've seen Mm. and it's not my time to say, hey, I want to try out a new lighting or I want to try out a new new posing, new new this, new that, right? I want to bring out a brand new camera, new lens. No, no, no. Mm. It's like I'll make a call out, you know, I got enough friends that I can just be like, Hey, who's free on a Sunday afternoon? You know, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm looking for. Mm. Let's come spend the afternoon. It could be anywhere like two, three, four hours. But half the time I'm sitting there talking to them anyway, you Mm. know. And that's where I build that trust. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't expect a person, whether it's male or female, hey, come in the door and be like, strip now. (laughs) It is not that simple. Like some people, hey, they may have that comfort level, but, you know. For me, how I work, that's kind of like I will I'll sit there and talk to them, like make it feel like 
they're a human like because I can't make them feel like they're an object mm. because that's the worst thing because yeah. some photographers they don't care they make you feel like an object and I've heard the horror stories and I definitely want to avoid any of that so I, I guess isn't there always that risk of making someone feel like an object because they are kind of an object when you're when they're in front of your lens right correct but I want to make it for me it's more sensuality than sexuality. Mm. So when I shoot, it's not in a sexual nature. Even though you may be topless, semi-nude, fully nude, mm. you're done in a way where it is still artful and tasteful. Mm. Um, like I had a shoot just the other week where it was like, you know, full nude, but nothing's hanging out. Nothing's fully exposed. Mm. But yes, I have a fully naked woman in front of me but it's all done in a tasteful manner. Mm. So, and again, it's all on how you talk to them. It's all on how you pose them. Because, yeah, there are some pretty raunchy poses, mm. but that's not my work. And that's not what I want to do. Mm. So I will look at sensual poses. For me, a lot of it, too, is um, when I shoot, I don't look at their body first. I look at their eyes and then their lips. For me, as a photographer, that's what I look at first and foremost. And that... I keep telling my clients, I could cheat you in a burlap sack and make you look pretty. But, you know, we are here to make you feel sensual. Mm. You know, anyone can make someone look sexy. Great. But it's the sensuality and emotion that I look for. Mm. Um, that kind of what sets a good photographer apart from just someone that's just snapping photos is invoking emotion. Like when I look at a photo, I want to be like pulled in. I want to see is there a story along here right you know is there leading lines is there you know great composition great lighting mm. right not just great someone standing here in brown panties or nothing mm. so that's kind of how i play with each one mm. um, okay um so now um do do you have situations where the lady in the photograph decides what she wants to do i asked them like for me i have you know obviously i have in my mind like what i want to portray but i also ask them what is it that makes them feel comfortable right mm. they know their bodies better than anybody right i can ask them what sides do you shoot best on you know some people may have a left side right side some people may like hey i don't like my hips i don't like this so when they come to me and tell me exactly because usually what I end up doing is I ask a customer or a potential client, I get them to imagine they are standing naked in front of a mirror. Mm. And I tell them, you got to be brutally honest with me. What is it about your body that you like and you don't like? But be really honest. Like, don't just say, oh, I don't like this. Why is it that you don't like it? Mm. Right. And then I have that understanding of, okay, this person is really self-conscious. Like, yes, everyone's going to talk about you know, their breasts or their stomach, their legs, their butt, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, I try to minimize their self-conscious. So if I have a client that says, hey, you know what? Got a bunch of stretch marks on my stomach. Mm. So I'm not going to pose them in a way where the stretch marks are going to stand out. I'm going to pose them in a way where when my eyes look at the frame, it's leading away from the stomach. So a lot of that will do with having them more on their sides, on their stomach. You know, I never want to have someone's hands placed on a part of their body where they feel self-conscious because naturally that's where your eyes are going to lead to. Mm. And so I will kind of like 
position them. Um, we'll pick a different outfit, maybe um, something that will go ahead and you know help take it away from that area. Now, obviously, when someone says I'm really large, there's not much I can kind of do with that one. Like it is what it is. But then I tell them embrace your imperfections too. Mm. Um, that's kind of my new motto I'm taking with boudoir is you know everyone's just got to embrace their imperfections. Nobody's perfect. We live in a world of like great, I can put a filter on me and I can look awesome. Mm. At the end of the day, that's not you. Mm. And you got to look at yourself in the mirror. That's what I want to take with photography, especially boudoir, is empowering a woman to be like, you know what? Great. I may have, you know, sagging breasts, but why are they sagging? You may have breastfed three or four children. That's the best part. You, you fed four kids. Mm. You brought life into this world. Same thing goes, like, if they have stretch marks, like, those are well earned they're not like you know they're not something to be not proud of it's something to be proud of right mm. so you know same thing goes like i've had women that have come in you know and they've had mastectomies they've had breast cancer and i'm like you know what own it that is now you right i know you may not feel like a full woman but this is where you are now all right and you have to embrace it right mm. and you just have to learn to love yourself now so yeah that's kind of how i take every client with it and, and say embrace your imperfections so did getting a divorce play any part into the photography not really per se like when i was still married i was still doing it but i wasn't full into like boudoir as i am now mm. um like it was more back then when i was married it was more portraits um there was like some fine art stuff, but it wasn't full on boudoir. Mm. Um, this has just started up probably within the last, like I said, about a year now that I've really taken boudoir to the next level. Um, and that's kind of where it went. Uh, like when I was married, it was, it was initially portfolio building. Uh, I worked with, a lot with the modeling agencies in town. Mm. Um, so that actually helped me learn how to speak to people that never stood in front of the camera before uh, because dealing with new models you have to learn they come in stiff rigid don't know what to do deer in the headlight looks I'm like what the hell i got this large camera in front of me you know and these are not like sensual poses these are just straight portrait stuff so mm. and it's like you know anywhere from them being like 15 16 and up late 20s right and you're going to get a mixture of, you know, personalities and have to learn how to talk to them, yeah. how to bring out that emotion. Like I said, that's kind of where I'm at is for me, it's all about the emotion, right? Mm. I don't want to have just a great, another snapshot photo. I got a, <laughs> you got a billion of them on Instagram right now where you can look at them like, great. No, I want it to kind of stand out and kind of be on its own. So, mm. yeah. And um, I know talking about standing out, uh, you have created this series of shots that have names what are some of these series you've created over the last few years so when i got divorced fell into a huge rut now obviously anyone that gets divorced you know you're not ex like i wasn't expecting to get and come home from a, the photography conference and be like hey we gotta talk we're uh we're done now. I'm like, so that's kind of how it happened to me. Wow. Um, so I kind of fell into like this huge depression, like only a few people I really, really trusted and told and like, you know what? I'm like super depressed. I'm like down in the dumps and literally I threw my camera. I'm like, I'm done. 
Mm. I don't want to touch it anymore. This does not bring me any joy because really my joy was being married to my wife. Well, now my ex-wife, you know, who, you know, was my best friend. Mm. You know, like we've gone through so much together. And then at the end of the day, it's you're on your own. And it's like almost we were together, married nearly just shy of our 15th. Yeah, because it was four days before my birthday. So just shy of our 15th wedding anniversary. So, Mm. but we were together 16 years. And And literally from there, uh, got uh, separated in July of 20, what is it now? The 2016. And then, yeah, I threw my camera away and says, I'm not touching this ever again. And it took me from July until November, actually, wow. um, before I even picked up the camera. And our my first person that I shot was our mutual friend, <laughs> Steph. <laughs> she was the first person that I shot after um, coming out. Mm. Uh, and then I made a series called Hurt. Uh, that series for me was a... It was all about my emotions coming out of the divorce. Mm. So I wanted it to convey what I was feeling on the inside. So I felt like I was washed up. I felt I was, you know, hanging on to the roots of my family. I felt like I was leaning on the edge of a cliff. So what I ended up doing was I put a call out and I had three amazing women who actually helped me fulfill this project. Mm. And I put them in some pretty precarious <laughs> poses. And, um, what and are some of the poses? Well, one, I literally, she, our first shoot together, she was, when I said about, you know, feeling washed up, mm. I had her laying in a creek bed in November. But mind you, it was warm out still. It was it wasn't like our November this year. But yeah. it was literally it was almost like late spring, early summer weather still. Okay. Um, but yeah, she literally laid in a creek bed for me, and we positioned her like she washed up ashore, and that's kind of what I wanted to portray how I was feeling. You know, like my emotions were I'm just done. I'm washed up. Um, another one, I have her leaning on a tree on the side of an embankment that literally you could probably push the tree over. Oh, wow. But she is there curled up and holding on for dear life. Mm. And literally those were the emotions I was going through. Um, another pose that I have a person doing, uh, we shot in her backyard in a ravine, and she was curled up, and oh, I found this tree. It was amazing. It had all these roots hanging out. And just enough for her to reach both her arms around. And what I want to do is like, roots for me is like, you know, it's like family, right? So trees are like family. So they have like these deep roots, right? And so I'm like holding on to my family. Mm. But even though my family was gone, um, so I almost felt like, you know, I'm still trying to hold on. So I had her grab on to that. And she initially started crying. And I got shots of her tears rolling down her face um and then another one i had uh you know i felt like i was buried in a hole and we found a spot and she curled up into this rock that's underneath the ground i was like i'm like 
God help you. you. You're the one that's crawling into this dark hole. You do not know what's in there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So she ended up, and I almost had her position where she's reaching out and almost like she's trying to grab on. And I just focus on her hand. And mm -hmm. she's like in this hole. And it's almost like she's just falling down in that hole and the hand's just out there trying to reach and grab on everything. That's Because that was my last thing that was going on. It's like, I'm just trying to grasp onto something because like my life was thrown in the air. I had nothing anymore. Like, you know, obviously my ex is gone. Like my daughter was staying with her because I was just an emotional wreck. And, yeah. you know, so I was in the mood to, you know, be a parent that I should have been. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of the shot that we got there. Um, and literally, she ended up getting poison oak. <laughs> oh no! So I'm like, great. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to look around. I'm like, we didn't. There's nothing around here. I'm like, where the hell did you get this poison oak? But you know, she was a trooper. Um, we went out at the end of the shoot. We went to shoppers, got some Benadryl, and mm. yeah. But literally, those three women helped me make images that I'm probably the most proud of. Mm. Um, I knew this was going to be an ongoing project because I knew you start out in the dumps, but you got to rise up again. Mm. So that's where I started this year. I was like, okay, this is my third year. I've kind of really come in to my own. I'm like, I'm kind of over, you know, I'm still over like the whole divorce or whatnot, but it's yeah. like now I'm going to go ahead and make my own new series and i'm calling it rebirth mm. so this is basically hasn't started yet so it's still in the initial concept stages so when i shoot projects and series i kind of have it in my head mm. um what i like um and i'm very kind of specific um with the scenery that's around mm -hmm. um so right here i'm utilizing the coastline right because i feel like you know Ocean is life, too, right? You know, it's like rebirth. Everything kind of, like, comes from the water, right? Our bodies are made out of water, everything, right? Um, if we don't have water, we don't have life. So I'm kind of looking for the perfect coastline shots. Um, and, yeah, once I know it, then I can pick the actual, you know, reach out and find the specific people that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they can help me bring this one to life. Once that happens, then I initially want to do an actual gallery showing of like where I started from to where I'm now ended. Yeah, so, what, what are you gonna call it? That is something I'm still working on. Right? <laughs> so, like obviously, yeah, I got hurt. Yeah, rebirth. So yeah. I've got to think. For me, it's it doesn't come lightly. So it that's the longest part is like naming a project. So that's kind of where it takes the longest. I know what I want, mm. but the title has to fit it too. Mm. So, yeah, I'm still thinking of a name, and obviously, you gotta do everything else that goes with a gallery showing. But you know, I want to kind of just showcase these images from where I was mm. to where I am. Yeah. So, um, are you gonna have the same ladies from her in Rebirth or different people? Different ones, probably. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, I would love to use the same people, but I think I want to do someone new because. Really, that was, they were a part of Hurt. Um, they were not a part of Rebirth here. So it's something new. Gotcha. Right? So because a new person is going to bring a totally different context to the shots, right? Mm. They brought out their own emotions. So they 
tapped into deep dark spots of their own to help me bring out my imagery so mm. yeah um we have a lot of photos here do. do you want to walk me through some of them all right so my new actual series that i have right here is yeah. i was doing some boudoir stuff all right this one here is a friend of mine um her name's rachel um this is a shot of her and i have actually utilized um this shot here to go ahead and um help me develop what i want to do i want to do something on film okay um so i really like my film work so i'm kind of now bringing these ones into play um i really love how a person looks when they are sleeping yeah. because that shot's right there she's in bed even though it was a boudoir shoot mm. she's in bed sleeping but i find you have the most peace when you're at sleep mm. so that's why i want to put everything on film and i tell everyone it's a hit and miss i can't guarantee that the film is going to come out yeah. it may be imperfect right but again my whole motto embrace your imperfections <laughs> so and i love black and white that's my thing i love shooting in black and white mm. um it just draws me in color to me suits some things you know great i want to see a nice sunset yeah i want to see nice colors sunrises but when i'm looking at a human body i want to see the deep dark shadows i want to see the contrast i want to see the highlights where they hit mm. but and i feel color plays a part in it but black and white for me really makes an emotional context to mm. an image and that's kind of where i go ahead and um try to envision everything i try to see everything in black and white and cascade out any of the color mm. um then yeah so that's what i'm doing right now that's my current project um so it's all on film so i put a blast out there i'm looking for everyday women yeah, like i that. don't want the model type right i want the person that is comfortable that they may have an extra role here they may have a little fluff there but they are comfortable with their bodies mm. right but that does not mean i don't want a size 0 mm. you know but i will have a size 16 and everyone in between mm. because i'm not going to segregate it with someone mm. um so yeah so that's kind of where we're going at here um i've shot in about 6 or 7 people right now mm-hmm. haven't had any of the film developed yet so it is really a crap shoot right now what camera hey, are you shooting it at with uh, i'm shooting on a nikon fm n2 and a 50 mm so everything is all manual <gasps> So yeah, it is, it is all old school here. Oh man, I mean that's great. It is. And if like, you know, you get great photos. Oh my god, that's so much work. I mean, I'm guessing that the process of talking to these um people that you're shooting involves listen. Yes. <laughs> right. And I tell them it's like it might not come out, but right. if it comes out it's going to be look It's going to look amazing. So what I end up doing as well is mm-hmm. I'll still take some digital shots. Ah. So even though I'm not doing everything full on um film, I'm still taking initial digital shots so that way I can kind of get a guess. So I'm dialing all my settings mm. in almost identical like obviously film cameras I have to overexpose mm. whereas digital I have to underexpose. Mm. So those are the only compensations that I'm playing with but I'm dialing You in. know, you say you self self thought was well, some of these things are things people pay to learn in school like how i mean i'm guessing so you just shot a ton of photos and then you pick up on these things or 
That is. That's exactly how I do it. I'm like, I am not paying to go <laughs> teach someone, for someone to teach me. I'm like, no, you know what? They didn't have film schools like a hundred years ago, mm. you know, 150 years ago when cameras were first invented. No, you got out there. You did the math in your head. You got to figure out the ratios. You had to, you know, do everything on your own. It wasn't until, you know, later in life that, hey, let's go ahead and try to capitalize on teaching someone how to be a photographer. Because either you have an eye for it or you don't, mm. right? Um, light is light, you know, that's the thing. It's how can you manipulate that light and make it look good? Mm. Talking of that, like with these photos, um, is this like just lit with the window? Or? That is just window light right there. Shoot. My place, even though... For me, I live in the ghetto, so to speak. I'm like, but it's cheap and it has great natural light. Uh, so that's the only benefit of this divorce was I got into a place that has great natural light. You know, my last studio at my home that I lived with my ex, it was in a basement studio that I converted. So uh, no light. It was all studio light. It was, it was nothing. Um, but this is perfect because this has made me, you know, I got to shoot out of an apartment. Mm. I used to have a studio, you know, or I would go rent studio space, but you know what? I got to work with what I have, right? So if that gives me a, you know, a 15 foot by 15 foot room, you know, that's my constraints that I have to work in and I have to make it work. Mm. But the images that I look at, you don't know that it's shot in this tiny little apartment, mm. right? But I make the best that I have with it and I roll with it and Clients don't care. You know, <laughs> I saw the photos coming. look great. That is it. Because they are coming, you know, and I try to minimize anything like personal inside my house. So like I'll take down like family photos, that kind of stuff. Mm. But I will make it look as a professional studio would. Right. So even though we were shooting in my house, it still comes in and is a professional space. Mm. Right. It is a work zone when I'm in there. It's not, you know, let's hang out and shoot the shit. We may do that afterwards, mm. right? You know, and, you know, whatnot. But when camera's up, it's it's game time. It's like business face is on. I'm like, we got stuff to do. This is what you paid me for. Yeah. So let's do it. Yeah. So So let's talk about some yeah, of these Yeah, so some of these ones here. So initially this was in... January. So this is when I really started coming into like changing out my um, moving over straight to boudoir in and uh, on my Instagram pages. That's when I started thinking about it. Um, so this one here. Yeah, great. It's in my bedroom. You would never know. <laughs> Down my hall. Right. So I try to maximize the space as best as I can. Yeah. Uh, this one here. Again, straight window light it is initially just right on the bed and all shot on window mm. this one is from a boudoir collaboration between myself and two other local photographers so we just grabbed a bunch of like clients and this one was actually shot in the king's wharf but again uh. all natural light right so it is initially you know best thing to happen like yeah i can shoot everything on um studio light mm. but for boudoir for me I want to make it look natural. I don't want to make it look like, oh, great, you're shooting in a studio. You're using, you know, artificial light. No, I want to maximize everything. So even if the sun's going down, that ISO is bumping up. I'm getting it. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not bringing out a flash, you know, so and so forth. <laughs> but again, this one, again, she was just in a collaboration. So, but I just really loved how she does. Um, I've shot her before. Mm. Um, 
I think she has some of the best lips. Mm. Like for me, like I said, it's all about the eyes and the lips. Yeah. Right? Her eyes pull me in, you know, and just the lips. Yeah, the outfit and everything, but it's the face that pulled me in on these shots for mm. her. Like this one here. That is a very good example of eyes and lips. Eyes, cause. Right. Again, yeah. she is just initially just laying in the bed, all shot on the window light. Um, another one, straight window light shot is initially. This one here, again, just another window light shot. So nothing really, really fancy on this one. It was just, it was just one of those candid shots shot right down the hall. Mm. Um, but how it loved. Yeah, I really light. like that one. That that was a nice play on light because yeah. there's contrast, there's shadow, there's lights from. Yeah, so this one here is a friend of mine, Teresa Demings. Uh, we actually shot this in her house. Um, yeah, and initially this was at the end of the day, so the sun was setting. Mm. Um, so as we can see here, I just loved how like the shadows just played on her. Mm. Right, even though it is a great intimate shot, right? It's artful, it's tasteful, right? It doesn't look screaming like, "Hey, great!" You know, I'm holding a pair of boobs. No, <laughs> it is. A great, tasteful, artful shot here. Yeah, it is. Um, again, another one of Teresa, but this one was uh, in the summertime. So we did two shots, actually. Uh, one in the summer and then just one in September. Mm. Um, but this one was at Crystal Crescent Beach. And ah. So yeah, this is where I wanted to really take black and white in the summertime. Mm. And see exactly how it worked out with her. And I thought it worked perfectly. You know, how the sun was just coming down enough on the horizon level. Um, and then this one here, again, another boudoir session. But again, natural light. It's initially, it's just emotions, right? Again, more black and white stuff. For this one here, how I talked about rebirth and whatnot, mm. um, I actually asked my friend, uh, Leah, just show me what what you look like. I just want to see some despair in you. And we initially went out onto her deck and that's what she gave me. Mm. Right? And it's just raw, real emotion. I was like, think about a time that, you know, you lost somebody and go there mm. and just close your eyes, blank everything out and just put yourself. When I shoot people, I actually like to, I don't like to tell them, hey, can you look happy? Can you look sad? Yeah. None of, <laughs> it's none of that stuff. Yeah. It's take me back to a time where you really feel hurt. Did you ever have that bad breakup? Did you ever lose someone? When was mm -hmm. the last time you held on to, say you lost a parent, when was the last time you ever held on to their hand? Mm -hmm. Right? So, again, that's where I tell them to take that time. Go right back to it. Mm -hmm. Again, just some more boudoir stuff here. Um, but this one, I like to just cropped in really tight. Just went into her lips. Uh, for this one here, just enough. Like for me, just enough of her actual lace bra just showing, right? It was just the subtleties mm. um, that I kind of like to look at. Again, lips. I just pulled and went straight to her lips. Yeah. And again, the last shot here that we have is, again, tell me that last time that you really felt, you know, really, really felt torn. And mm. that's kind of what she did. And she was a perfect trooper, and yeah. literally. That's yeah. a level of trust that takes time to build, would you say? It does. And that's, you know, where I find it kind of sets me apart from other people because I build that trust with them. Mm. It's like I'm not one of those photographers that be like, okay, great, here's your time. Your time starts now and let's get naked. <laughs> that is not the way it works. 
I wish it would work like that, but unfortunately it doesn't, right? Because you have to think about it. You are putting them into the most intimate mm. positions. Like they're becoming vulnerable, right? So you have to allow them to take the time to open up. Yeah. When I book a shoot, I try to book it, you know, maybe one or two shoots a day. Mm. Like I am not going to, and they're not going to be back to back because what ends up happening is I don't want them to kind of overlap. So I want to have enough time for me to digress and, you know, go back onto that shoot. So, and, but it gives me enough time to actually spend and speak to them and just talk. Like even well before we shoot, mm. I'll talk to them, like ask them like stuff, like tell me, like, tell me what your likes are, what your dislikes are, because I want to know more about them because then that enables me to go ahead and, you know, build that trust because they're now not just, Hey, you're just an object. No, yeah. you some of them have actually became really good friends, you know, um, and I just wanted them to treat them just, you know, positively and, you know, have them have a feeling where, you know what, it's just respect. Like I had a client the other day actually messaged me and, you know, out of the blue and it was literally, she told me that I always have encouraged her, you know, mm. and where she felt that she was never encouraging herself, but I believed in her. And that's the thing. Mm. You, know, you have to believe in your clients too, right? So, and again, I'm not looking to make a huge fortune on this. No, I'm looking to empower women, you know, um, and make them feel confident, make them feel comfortable, make them feel beautiful again. Mm. There's a lot of women don't feel beautiful anymore. They look at themselves. They live in an Instagram world of the great. You want instant gratification and you can snap on a Snapchat filter and make you look beautiful. Mm. But at the end of the day, a lot of them go home and they, they just feel shit. But hopefully when they actually see their images, they realize exactly how beautiful they actually look. Um, and a lot of that comes down from just getting to know a person, mm. like find out why they don't feel beautiful mm. and work with that. So I'm going to end it with this. Yeah. The photograph it's not great. Everything is great. But personally, you actually took this journey where you lost yeah. a ton of weight. This is true. Let's end All with right. that. Let's we want to end with this. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so goes back to the divorce, right? So when I was initially um, divorced or separated at the time, it was like fell into that deep depression, ate, drank like a fish, um, and gained a shit ton of weight. Um, when I actually went ahead and decided to change everything, the highest I was when I, actually the highest I was, was almost 318 pounds, 320 pounds. Wow. And then when I went and did and spoke to a friend of mine, uh, she was a personal trainer, nutritionist and that, and kind of told her what I want, uh, started the gym, starting weight at the gym, January 1st, 2017, 287.6 pounds. Wow. So I'm like, I took a photo of myself back in probably, what does it be, November, when I was probably about 320 plus pounds. And man, my cheeks were like, fuck. It's like chipmunk cheeks. I'm like, <laughs> really? I'm like, I looked at my chin. I'm like, holy shit, I look fat. I'm like, then I'm like, no. I'm like, I got to change. I'm like, I hate myself. I hate what I look like. Mm. And then it's literally went to the gym 
and started going to the gym, started going to the gym. Come to find out, well, my now ex-wife started dating someone that went to the same gym I went to. I'm oh, like, well. Great. So I'm like, oh, shit. Now I got <laughs> to see, see him. I'm like, great. So, and I'm like, so be it. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, we're done. You know, yeah. you're still my friend. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, I still love you and respect you. So I'm not going to make it friggin' awkward. Um, yeah. So started going to the gym every day. Uh, started eating healthy, cut out alcohol completely, cut out pop because I was like, God, pop every friggin' day, cut out junk food. Um, and then there was this, uh, transformation challenge that, uh, started up, um, that was going to be happening the following year. I'm like, great. You know what? I'm going to sign my ass up for this mm. because it's good accountability. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went there Sign up with a trainer, nutritionist. Literally, 36 weeks of living hell, so to speak, because it's literally I did not deviate once from her meal plan. So I ate the same gross haddock fish day in, day out. And then switched to tuna, and then switched to plain chicken. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm like drinking six liters of water a day. Usually I would be drinking like three liters of pop a day. <laughs> so yeah, so we went from 280 plus pounds and then transformation happened in April of 2018. Yeah, and I think my stage weight lowest was 178 pounds. So yeah. Wow. In less than a year. Uh, but mm. what ended up happening though is I got to backtrack a tiny bit is when I started training, I went hard. So mm. I went aggressive, and I ended up getting um, injured. I had tendonitis and uh, tore my rotator cuff. So that put me out of commission for almost six months yeah, and not kinda... doing anything. Oof. So tendonitis in both elbows, lifting no more than two and a half pounds. Good Ooh. luck. So even though I started training in January of 2017, it really didn't pick it up until about September. Yeah. So September until April is really where I lost the bulk of my weight. Uh, um, but yeah, dropped down to 178 pounds and still going to the gym every day. Have a new trainer now. Uh, we have a new plan starting. Um, but yeah, that's going to take me. I want to eventually do my first bodybuilding show, which will be October next year. Well, actually October this year. So mm. yeah. Sweet. And I know you're doing this competition thing, right? Yep. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. It's like chicken, <laughs> fish, and broccoli. I know, like, yeah, living hell all over again. But you know what? This is a goal I put in mind, and I've done goals. I've seen them through, so mm. it's accountability for myself. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for coming in, Mike. No worries. This was super awesome. Awesome. Thank you. This is the Blackout Podcast. listening.